You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday to you. Welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast, wrapping up the week with some interesting Sacramento Kings conversation today. This podcast is your hub for everything Sacramento Kings this offseason. Interviews, stories, uh, in-depth analysis, we have it all right here for you on the Locked On Kings podcast. My name is Matt George. Welcome in. I am a radio host and I'm a multimedia journalist for Sports 1140 KHDK. That is the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings here in the California capital. And I was on KHDK this morning, filling in on the morning show, The Drive, yesterday and today. I'll also be doing it on Monday and Tuesday if you want to check it out. Had a lot of great conversations uh, with my uh, fellow co-host, Scott Marsh, who you've heard him on KHDK hosting game night before Kings games before at the arena, and Kyle Madsen, who's the co-host normally of the morning show. Had a lot of great conversations that I encourage you to check out, a lot of them Kings-related, and you can do that now. Listen on KHDK.com or download the KHDK app. I'm going to play a brief interview that we had with Sean Cunningham, who is still in Las Vegas, as tonight the Sacramento Kings begin summer league tournament play. They're hosting or taking on, sorry, uh, the Golden State Warriors. That one set to tip off around 7 o'clock here this Friday evening. Uh, But that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. I will play that interview for you a little bit later in the show, and Sean will be able to provide uh, some insight on what is still happening in Vegas, his thoughts on Harry Giles, uh, and then his thoughts on what we're really going to talk about today, which was the news that came out last night that the Denver Nuggets traded Kenneth Fareed, Darrell Arthur, and a 2019 protected first-round pick to the Brooklyn Nets for essentially, I don't even know the player's name that they got back because they're just going to wave him and and move on from him. And then they signed Isaiah Thomas to a vet minimum contract. So we're going to dive into all this because it got quite the reaction uh, from a lot of people on Twitter, including my friend Tim Maxwell and some of his fellows uh, at Sacktown Royalty. We will uh, uh, discuss all of that. I'm sure there are many of you listening uh, who saw that news and had the same reaction as a lot of them, frustrated that this was a deal you thought uh, the Sacramento Kings could have done or jumped on to get a draft pick uh, next year. And surprise, surprise, I disagree Uh, Well, not necessarily disagree isn't the right word. I'm not as up in arms about it uh, as so many others are. And I will explain to you why here uh, on the Locked on Kings podcast. Before I get into that, uh, I wanted to ask a favor of everybody. If you have the time and the ability to go on to iTunes, uh, if you can go and find the Locked on Kings podcast on the iTunes store, there's an opportunity for you to log in really quick and do a, a, quick, a quick little review, uh, uh, leaving out of a five-star rating, and then you can type a little thing, I like this, I like that. It's great feedback that we use to improve this podcast. One of the main things we've been seeing and are working on correcting throughout the Locked On Podcast Network uh, is the the volume of our, our spots in the middle uh, of the podcast. We have been working on that, trying to address that, and we would not have known really about that problem if we didn't have the feedback. Uh, on the uh, iTunes page. So if you have a second to be able to do that, that would be fantastic. If you don't, uh, no problem, but we certainly appreciate that feedback. Let's not waste any more time with some housekeeping nonsense. Let's dive into this. So yes, the Denver Nuggets uh, made a massive move last night. The uh, Nuggets 
essentially dumping $21 million of salary, bringing in Isaiah Thomas on a one-year, uh, very small, minimal contract, uh, and opening up the cap space they want to be able to continue to build the core uh, that they have going forward. The Brooklyn Nets, who are recovering in their own right, also made a unrelated trade, sending Jeremy Lin to the Atlanta Hawks, uh, opening up enough space for them to be able to take on these $21 million worth of contracts. But ultimately, the piece that they got that they really care about uh, is the uh, that 2019 top 12 protected first rounder according to adrian wodronowski it is top 12 protected uh the denver nuggets are expected to be a playoff team they were right on the cusp yet last year and just couldn't get over the hump now with adding isaiah thomas to the mix and drafting michael porter jr depending upon if he's going to play or not uh, denver expects to be in the conversation for eighth seventh or sixth seed or better i'm sure they would like to be better uh but they have to be uh, realistic with the fact that the western conference just continues uh to get better and better but ultimately we expect this team uh, to be in the top 15 in the league and to be out of the lottery so you're looking at this pick at at best a number 13 most likely a non-lottery draft pick now for the brooklyn nets who have been trying to recover from trading all those draft picks and assets away uh to acquire the old boston big three of kevin garnett paul pierce uh and ray allen uh, the, any draft pick for them is extremely valuable. And a lot of Sacramento Kings fans uh, feel that any draft pick for the Kings, seeing as how they don't have one next year in the 2019 first round draft, are extremely valuable as well. Let me say this. I understand uh, that unless, uh, barring some kind of miracle or an incredible uh, jump or, or an amazing progression, let's put it that way, from uh, the Sacramento Kings young players next season, uh, there's a very good chance that the Kings are going to be once again in the, the cellar of the NBA. The fact that the Western Conference has gotten so much better, the fact that this core is still very young, it's encouraging that Dave Yeager, head coach Dave Yeager, has said uh, that the training wheels are coming off of this season, and it's exciting that this season wins are what's most important versus last season uh when you look at it wins were important to some extent but development was the key and for this 2019 season development is still extremely important but we're going to start measuring it not based off of uh how De'Aaron Fox looks from the start of the season to the end of the season we're going to measure it based off of what is the win total for the Sacramento Kings? And ultimately, how competitive are they in a night-in, night-out basis? The Kings did manage to hang with some tough teams last year, but also got blown out by 40 points by the Washington Wizards at home and by the Atlanta Hawks on the road. So there's that stuff that you'd like to see this team get over. And ultimately, my goal, my personal hope, is that the Sacramento Kings can match or surpass uh, their best win total, which I believe is 33 or 34, uh, with DeMarcus Cousins. If they're able to match that or surpass that I can say that that was a successful season at least in the win column ultimately what I'm looking for for the Kings next year is to be super competitive on a night in night out basis and when we go or get to the end of the season even without a draft pick I'm hoping to be able to look at this core De'Aaron Fox mostly along with healed uh, bogey Giles and Bagley or some combination of those players and say okay I can clearly see something there that is believable as a core that can be successful uh, another year or two down the road. As of right now, we know that there's talent there, a lot of individual talent with all those players, but we haven't seen the core still come together yet. That's going to require a big jump by De'Aaron Fox this year. 
And based off of how he played in summer league, we got some encouraging signs there. Uh, that's going to hopefully, I mean, I, I really want to see from Buddy Heald if he's able to create his own shot this year. And this is not just Matt being optimistic, Matt. I honestly believe if Buddy Heald could develop the ability to create his own shot, he honestly, honestly, if he's coming off the bench, should be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. If he's starting, he'll, he should be in the conversation for most improved player. And I really think that's a realistic goal that he can set for himself because Buddy Heald's numbers have been growing exponentially year by year, really month by month. Uh, And this is a big year where I'm keeping my eyes locked on what Buddy Heald is going to be able to do uh, for Sacramento. So ultimately, let's go back to this uh, Denver Nuggets pick or Denver Nuggets trade, excuse me, trading that pick uh, and Kenneth Freed and um, and that group, that package that they sent uh, to the the Brooklyn Nets. Essentially, here's my reaction to it. Now, I understood my initial reaction was, man, that was a move that Sacramento could have done to acquire a pick. The Kings do have the cap space to be able to take on those contracts for that pick. And I know that that is an option that a lot of Kings fans have been expecting or potentially exploring uh, for the Kings to do, seeing as how they've been so quiet uh, in free agency. But... You have to look at each move, each specific move for what it is. And that's extremely important. Make sure you recognize that, yes, this is a move that Vlade and the Kings realistically could have done, but doesn't make as much sense for them as it did for the Brooklyn Nets. And also, don't just assume that because the Brooklyn Nets were able to get the deal done, that Vlade wasn't one, trying, or two, this offer was even on the table for Vlade to begin with. We don't know the circumstances. So many fans are frustrated because the reality is the Sacramento Kings are the only team left this summer that has not made a trade or a free agency signing. That's pretty incredible. All 29 other teams have at least made either a free agency signing or a trade. The Kings have done nothing. And for so many fans, that is extremely frustrating because they just want to see the Kings do something to know that their general manager and Vlade Divac and that front office is alive and still kicking. And fans recognize, just like that front office recognizes, just like I recognize and everybody else who surrounds this team and understands and watches this team recognizes that there are holes that the Kings still need to fill that quite uh, I can say quite confidently, despite Justin Jackson, how well he's playing in summer league, that still hasn't been filled, that three spot, the small forward position. So look at this or this trade and look at the package that Brooklyn got and substitute the Kings in for Brooklyn. Don't matter. Ignore whatever piece was sent back. Because if the Kings were involved in this deal, it would have been most likely an Iman Shumpert uh, or another expiring contract like that. Maybe, maybe a Garrett Temple, but probably an Iman Shumpert that would have gone back in return. Two power forwards. Essentially, so here's what it is. It's essentially would have been the Sacramento Kings paying or taking on $21 million of salary for a year, so essentially paying $21 million for two more power forwards when they have a roster that you could argue already has three power forwards on it just for what's most likely going to be a non-lottery pick. So keeping that in mind, doesn't matter. Take the fact that the Kings haven't done anything out of it. Take the fact that you're desperate to see a move or want to see the Kings just do something out of it. Look at that move specifically for what it is. 
Sacramento would take two power forwards and $21 million of salary for a non-lottery pick. Now, if your reaction is, well, yeah, at least we still get a draft pick in the 2019 draft, which the Kings don't have any right now, so that's an improvement. Yes, you're right there. That is an improvement. The Kings would get a draft pick in the first round of next year's draft, which would be good. But again, is it worth $21 million worth of salary and two players that one might get waived and then Kenneth Fareed might take minutes away from Bagley or Giles if he plays at all? Do you think that's the best move out there available right now? Here's the thing. It's not. Not even close. And now with the move the Atlanta Hawks made, acquiring Jeremy Lin and taking on that salary, the Sacramento Kings now have the most cap space out of any team still remaining this summer. Around $19 million, the Hawks dropped down to around 17. And there are a lot of names still available Names which the Kings could realistically go after that make a lot of sense. Now, you can choose to believe the sources or not that have uh, have come out saying that the Kings are interested in this person but not interested in this one. Uh, Marcus Smart is a good example. Jason Jones and, and multiple others reporting that the Kings are not interested really in taking on... Uh, Marcus Smart, bringing him in on their roster. They're confident with the young guards that they have. So you can choose to to believe that or not. That's your prerogative. I, for one, tend to believe that Marcus Smart tried to use the Kings, or Marcus Smart's agent tried to use the Kings for leverage to potentially get more money out of the Boston Celtics, which ultimately is where I think he wants to stay, because, of course, why wouldn't he want to stay there? But there are still major names, well, maybe not major, but good names available for the Kings with their $19.5 million of cap space. The second closest team uh, is not Atlanta. Sorry, it's Chicago with $17.4 million. Then you have Atlanta with nine point eight and Dallas with seven point two. Now, we learned today, according to reports, that the Chicago Bulls are reportedly closing in on signing Jabari Parker. That is a name that I like the Sacramento Kings to go out and get, but if they don't, it's certainly not the end of the world. If, assuming Parker goes to Chicago, here's some names still on the board that the Kings with the, no, with the most cap space can realistically make moves for. Clint Capella, Marcus Smart, Rodney Hood, Nwaba, Wallace, Carter, Acey. There are players out there that can come in and help this team. And I'm, I mean, I, there's a, a longer list, but I, I just picked some of the ones of the recognizable names. But in reality, it's, it's down to... Assuming Parker goes to Chicago, Capella, Smart, Hood, or Nwaba. Those are names that could help this team right now. And in a very, very small, bad financial market, if these players truly care about getting paid over the quality of the team they're going to or the market that they're going to, Sacramento is in a power position. My point with all this is that Time is still on King's side, and I know it's frustrating because so many fans want to see them just make a move for the sake of making a move so we know that they're trying, right? But here's the thing. They are still trying. They've proven that by making two offers to Zach Levine and Mario Hazonia, which didn't go through, and maybe that's a good thing that they didn't because now the Kings are in the position that they're in. 
I'm waiting to see now if they take advantage of it. Because I believe they will and they can take advantage of it. Ultimately, I want to look at the summer and be able to look uh, go back and grade this summer after it's concluded. So if we get to September and the Kings still have that hole and there's 19 million of cap space and they didn't do anything with it when they had the advantage in their market, not for want of trying, but still they don't get anything done, then, in my opinion, that's a failure by this front office and by this franchise. And that would warrant the negative reaction that so many fans had last night. But as of right now, looking at this move for what it was, it's not a a heartbreaking thing for me to see the Kings not be involved in this. And who knows, it might come out that the Kings were trying to be involved, but they couldn't just get anything done, that Brooklyn was the better trade partner for for, uh, Denver to go through. So we'll have to wait and see. I know it's frustrating, but I encourage you, be patient. Because the Kings still are in a good spot and there's still are names available and the Kings now with the way the market is and the way they the money is, they're going to be able to outbid a lot of teams and could have quite honestly or quite possibly get players for cheaper than what they would have been if they tried to sign them in the opening week of free agency. Earlier this morning on The Drive on Sports 1140 KHDK, Kyle Madsen, Scott Marsh, and I talked to Sean Cunningham, who is still in Las Vegas, wrapping up his coverage of the NBA Summer League. He had some great things to say about Harry Giles, about Vegas uh, in general, and also chimed in on this Denver Nuggets trade and deal. Listen to all the great stuff that he uh, had to say from uh, Sin City, the very, very hot Sin City right now. Joining us now, Sean Kyle Madsen here filling in for Carmichael Dave with Scott Marsh and Matt George. Uh, You've been in Vegas for essentially the entire summer league. How are you surviving? I can't even do a weekend there. Uh, To keep kind of, good morning guys. (laughs) (laughs) To kind of, to kind of keep, keep it uh, in perspective. You know, those Aquafina 24 packs, I've gone through three of them myself. Holy smokes. I was, cause I was kind of wondering, I mean, the tips and tricks. So hydration is number one. Oh, it's absolutely. And you know what's funny? Like, you know, we got here, it was like the, uh, I'm not like Carmichael Dave. I don't complain about the weather all the time. About but, everything. Um, I love it. Well, yeah, weather, whatever it be. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it was really, it was actually really hot here. Um, shocker. But we've actually been blessed like the past few days, like the past three days has actually been really tolerable to where it wasn't even like 100 degrees. And when you're in Vegas and it's not 100 degrees, uh, you know that saying, oh, it's a dry heat. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when it's when it's not 100 degrees, it actually feels really tolerable. So yeah, the past three days have been haven't been that bad. But uh, yeah, just stay hydrated yep. and stay uh, away from the stay away from the trouble which can find you. You haven't been gambling with Charles Oakley, have you? No, but you know what's funny, Scott? Oh my God, I, this is it's funny you say that. I swear, I was uh, I was in one of these hotels uh, that I'm, I'm in actually, and I swear I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some. I like walked by. I was like, "That guy looks oddly like Charles Oakley." Now yeah. I could have been, you know, imbibing too much, and that could could obviously was he in handcuffs? Case, not yet, but <laughs> evidently that was in his future. He was about to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad I stayed away from him. Yeah. All right, 
Sean Cunningham from ABC 10 joining us. Sean, uh, ultimately here uh, in Summer League, we've heard rumors, not just amongst Kings and Kings fans, but Harry Giles has been a lot of the talk by a lot of coaches, executives, players uh, around the Summer League in general. Uh, Have you heard and, and felt the same vibe that a lot of people are paying attention to what Harry has done and ultimately your thoughts uh, on Harry's performance uh, throughout this this Vegas Summer League term. Oh, no doubt. And it's funny because uh, his his uh, last game uh, the other day, uh, and it was against, I'm blanking because they're all meshing together, but he really struggled shooting. He struggled to shoot the ball, and as he says, he's not a scorer anyway. Um, and I was watching him because he was, you know, he picks up three technicals in two days. He gets ejected from that game. He's it's the second straight game where, where a smaller guard has kind of gotten in his head a little bit and he's not backing down. Um, and I'll be the first to say not to make an excuse for him, but the officiating was a little bit crazy in that game. They hit Sacramento's bench with a, um, a delay of game penalty. They gave Larry Lewis a technical, which is really laughable because if you know Larry Lewis, that just doesn't happen. Um, but to your point, uh, yeah, he struggled to shoot the ball in that game. And he made a difference. He did what you're supposed to do. He made a difference in every other category in that game. And he still was incredibly noticeable uh, defensively on the glass. Um, His passes were incredible. Uh, I think he had like seven assists in that game and led the team. Uh, It was also a game where they didn't have Frank Mason who was out with an ankle injury. And the crazy part is is Frank has been the leader in assists. I I don't put a lot of stock into, into summer league and the stats. You just want a guy to look comfortable and look like he belongs and has that confidence. Um, but and clearly, Harry Giles has been the guy for Sacramento that has st- stood out the most. He's drawing comparisons to his 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 passion and and intensity for the game. People were talking about him after talking to him after the games, and he's talking about drawing comparisons to Kevin Garnett and how much he admires him. And it was kind of funny. I said, you know, there's a lot of people out there that think Kevin Garnett's just cr- playing crazy. And he goes, yeah, well, you got to have a little bit. I, I, you need to have a little bit of crazy to play in the NBA. And that was a perfect answer. I loved it. But yeah, he's been their brightest spot. I felt. Would you say he's exceeded your expectations? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll say this, Kyle. I think the thing that, expect, that, that exceeded expectations the most was maybe not to what uh, he's doing statistically, but they've – I mean, he played over 30 minutes in one of these games. I came into this wondering if they were going to have him on a minute restriction. Yeah. Um, they've really <laughs> – they've really turned him loose. The leash is off. They let him – they're letting him just go. Um and I think that, to me, has been what's been most surprising. And, again, you know, we got to see a lot of Harry behind the scenes in practices and scrimmages, which you're like, okay, well, what can you really draw to that? Because those are his games. And when, when the other teams, when, when his real team, the Kings, are looking at games and scrimmages, like, okay, whatever, you know, this is a lot of guys just kind of coast through practices, unfortunately. And I know fans don't like to hear that. But um, he brings an intensity to those. I was ready to see this intensity. Um, it's been very noticeable. It's a, it's an, it's a refreshing sight for Kings fans, I think. And, uh, I think just the thing that that has impressed me and surprised me maybe the most is just the fact that they're allowing him to do that. I mean, you're talking five games and seven nights, um, and a lot of minutes and, and Oh, by the way, the California classic, which added three games of summer league to summer league, um, yeah, I mean, I've been very impressed by that. They sat him out. The only they, they they sat him out the second half of one of the games here in Vegas, not for injury, but it was kind of funny to see the rest of the media um, react to that. Like, oh, anytime they do something with Harry, it's going to be magnified. And they're like, yeah, would you believe he just we were we were going to leave him out, and he he left the bench because he needed a bathroom break. 
much. <laughs> no, it's great that Harry's been so healthy, and, and obviously they are uh, playing him as if he is 100%. He certainly looks that. I would say coming into Summer League, he obviously had the highest uh, hype uh, with Bagley having to sit down and, and miss the, the Vegas part for the most part of Summer League. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of hype there that people haven't had a chance to kind of follow through with. But it, it, in terms of pressure, I think Justin Jackson had the most pressure on his back given second-year player and uh, what many felt was not a great rookie campaign. He certainly has lived up to Summer League in terms of what he's done scoring. How has he looked overall to you? And, and again, not to make too much of numbers in Summer League, but it's, it seems like he, he realizes the, the pressure's on him and he's responding. Yeah, you're right, Scott. And I think what was encouraging is is, is kind of like what you said. It's not so much about the stats, but does the guy look like he belongs? Does he look confident? And after that first game in Sacramento, I think we could all agree. Not so like, much. Oh boy, just yeah. not so much there, right? Justin Jackson, but he he was the first one to call him out. Call it out. I was like, how do you you know? He says, no, I need to be more aggressive. I can't do that. And I would say he's followed that up brilliantly with that aggressiveness in every single game. He's been able to get into the paint. He's showing that perimeter defense that that has really, you know, that, that came with him out of North Carolina that people would rave about. Um, and, and, you know, what I like is he's got those little flips and floaters that, that kind of drive Dave Yeager a little bit crazy because he hates flips and floaters. He really hates floaters, despises them. But um, it's really kind of a part of his game, and he's really gotten quite good at it. And I, I, to Scott, to your point, I just think his, his aggressiveness has really shined through, and it, 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 I think it gives Kings fans a glimmer of hope. Um, granted is summer league, but I think he needed it the most. I really do. I think it really kind of helps his confidence because he's kind of a guy that, you know, and, and this is not a knock on him. So everyone is so different. And especially with him, with his faith, he just believes where, you know, no matter where he is and whatever his, he, whatever his destiny is, he's just kind of along for the ride. And, and fans might kind of cringe at that a little bit because some people might say, Hey, you make your own destiny, but he's just kind of the guy, Hey, whatever my plan is, that's my plan. And I'm going to make the most of the opportunity. But along the way, Justin, show some aggressiveness. Show like you belong, and I think he's done that. Sean Cunningham from ABC10 joining us. You can check out all of his work uh, on ABC10. Always gets great videos, including an interesting video, Sean, of uh, of George Carl interacting with uh, Vivek Ranadive and, and Vlade courtside. Uh, there was a lot of reaction last night by Kings fans uh, to the – news that the Denver Nuggets had traded Kenneth Free, Darrell Arthur, uh, essentially $21 million of salary and a protected first rounder for next year's draft uh, to Brooklyn for essentially peanuts, a, a player that they are going to end up waiving so that they could sign Isaiah Thomas. A lot of Kings fans are reacting, freaking out, frustrated because they thought that was a move that potentially Vlade and the Kings could have made to add a draft pick. I'm curious about your initial reaction to that news. Is that a move you would have liked to see the Kings or Vlade potentially make? Oh, no doubt. I mean, that's that's the type of move they have to make. And I think it was pretty clear that, you know, some fans had that on their on their radar, knowing the, the, the cap situation in Denver, knowing the players that were, you know, kind of on their way out. Uh, you just read the tea leaves. But at the same time, the West look to try to help out. Really, I would, I mean, I would tell everyone to kind of pump the brakes just because it didn't happen to Sacramento. Doesn't look. There's plenty of offseason left. That is the 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 type of move that they would be looking to do. But they also people have to remember too. Just because they have the cap space, Vladi's been very um, for as much heat as he takes. He doesn't like to really make a move unless it gives them flexibility. For example, um, when you look at the roster numbers going forward, 
um, they're going to keep us. They're going to keep a roster slot open, despite the you know having plenty of room to spare <laughs> and to get to the minimum. They're going to keep a roster spot open just to create flexibility. They've got they've got feelers out there. They they have some things they're trying to kick the tires on. You know, there's it it takes two to tango. So um, just because it didn't work with, I mean, they they shipped that to Brooklyn and got a, a pick. Brooklyn's got plenty of picks. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, yeah, 2019, they want to get a pick. But, oh, yeah, they also want to get a small forward. Oh, yeah, they also want to get two guys on their roster that can help this team. So, um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I would I would, <laughs> I would, say that, look, they're, they're, they, they have their cap room. They're going to have cap room. And they're going to try to position themselves to, to really make a splash next year. I know that's not really what Kings fans want to hear, especially coming into another season where it's going to be a lot about development, even though, as Dave Yeager says, the training wheels are coming off. Um, they're still going to position themselves and make a move. Then if they make that move, they still want to get better in making that move. And um, just because Brooklyn was able to pull the trigger, trigger with Denver on that doesn't mean that, that option was available in Sacramento. Sean Cunningham, ABC 10. You can find him on Twitter at Sean Cunningham, an essential follow for Kings fans. Sean, thanks so much for making time for us, man. Oh, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Have fun. My thanks to Sean Cunningham for coming on the drive this morning with myself, Scott, and Kyle. You can check out all of the uh, interviews that we had and all of what we talked about, Kings, Oakland A's, anything, uh, right now on the KHDK app and on KHDK.com. I will be on with the both of them on Monday and Tuesday morning next week, so be sure to tune in from 6 to 9 a.m. if you are interested uh, for that. Chuck will be with you next week for more Locked on Kings coverage as uh, we continue to roll on. And again, I am emphasize it's, it's such a tough thing for Kings fans right now, but I emphasize patience and, and not overreacting until you really look at and break down all these moves that are being made. Every time teams like Chicago sign Jabari Parker or the Denver Nuggets dump salary, and it's a spot that the Kings could have been, Look at it from the Kings situation and from the, or look at the scenario scenario really without any other context brought in. Just look at it specifically for what it is and really decide, did that move make a lot of sense? And is it really the best move that the Kings have gotten with the situation they are in? If you still think so, that's great. And you can respond to me at any time on Twitter at Matt George KHDK. If you think everything I said is is a load of uh, codswallop and you think that the Kings really missed out on a deal, tell me why at Matt George KHDK on Twitter or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. That does it for everything Locked on Kings this week. Next week, we will be back for more. I still am very confident that a signing is coming, coming in the near future and I have a gut feeling uh, that it's going to involve one Rodney Hood, but that's just my feeling in the pit of my stomach. Also, I have some interesting news to share with you, maybe next week with Chuck, uh, or um, I certainly will share it on KHDK next week. I had a great conversation with a beat writer from Atlanta about the possibility of the Kings going out and getting Kent Bazemore and what it would take, and I think you'd be surprised with what he said 
uh, it, how little it actually will take the Kings uh, or take from the Kings to go out and potentially get the services of Kent Bazemore. That could certainly come in and help the Kings uh, in that three spot. That is coming in the future on Locked on Kings. So I appreciate you tuning in all of this week. Have a great and safe weekend. Hopefully the Kings can top the Golden State Warriors here tonight. Uh, and we will be speaking to you soon. Thank you for listening. This is the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.